Morena, good morning. Welcome to Yarm With. In this case, it's a Telenoa Live with our special guest all the way from San Francisco. And it's the Raiders, isn't it? I was almost going to say the Giants. Um, this is Robert Hollis, who needs no introduction. But uh, I had fun putting together your um, intro for the post for this morning and didn't realize just how much you had done. Um, you know, let's chuck out their um, pro snowboarder. Um, huge accomplishments worldwide. And then, I don't know, about a gazillion businesses. So from pro snowboarder, oh, and let's not forget basketball and uh, football for New Zealand. Just, you know, if you haven't got anything to do on a Sunday, let's crack those two out as well. So it's um, a great honour to have you here on Telenor Live. And this is all about listen and share with respect because, you know, the keyboard warriors out there go crazy. And we've already had them on the uh, Facebook uh, side going nuts. It's been quite enjoyable having a bit of a chat with them. Um, but what we're looking for are a diverse range of perspectives. And you bring a really special one because you're residing in San Francisco, another country. Well, America, this country. But uh, you're going to be able to give us a bit of a perspective of what's happening there uh, compared to what's happening here. But first of all, if you could give us a bit of an intro, what have you been up to lately? How's it going? Uh, good. I've uh, been, I will first off props on your run for uh, doing this. I think it, you know, anytime you can leverage your Rolodex to be able to get insights and IP from others to share at scale through stuff like that, I think it's really important. So, you know, the stuff you're doing through this is good. So first up props for that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, I think as well, what I saw from last year with it is when people are physically isolated from each other, their head can spin in their own mind because they're not physically connecting with anyone else. And there feels like a lot of the stuff that was happening uh, mentally now, it feels like either round two or round three, but obviously potentially a year later for it. So, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I said from day one was going to be the long tail of the the, the mental health and side effects for it. Obviously there's a battle in, um, you know, between commerce, community, and 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 culture in some respects. Um, so, yeah, it feels like kind of round two, a little bit watching it, obviously, from afar. Um, but what have I been up to? Um, I'll be honest, Ryan, I've deleted all my social media off my uh, cell phone, and I have been off the grid for about the last month. It's been great. I haven't seen anything from anyone. I've just been, like, off. And um, I do it usually about once every 18 months or so. So I literally just went and checked in my LinkedIn, and I saw a whole bunch of shit that you tagged me in, which I didn't even see because I don't have it on my phone. So I apologize because <laughs> I literally, like, I just went off the flipping grid. Um, but uh, what I've, I've been doing um, is I've actually been golfing a whole bunch. And what I've been doing is um, calling a whole bunch of people that I know personally and having a whole bunch of um, in-person chats more one-to-one. -one. So that's what I've been That's what I've been up to, my friend. I've been off the grid, working on some stuff, and cruising. So um, that's, in, in a nutshell, what I've been up to. When I was um, looking at your profile to get a bit of info about you um, and check the details, I noticed the big pause symbol and it had th uh, three weeks ago and I was like, I thought it's been quiet. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be going back, yeah, three, four weeks. And, uh, yeah, it's good fun. Like, I mean, running AFQI, one of the big things I realised is I'm always running AFQI. I don't actually get to stop and have a yarn with the people that come. So I haven't gone off grid, but I have been doing a similar thing and making a huge effort to connect with people for a personal corridor. So, yeah, totally understand it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it does give you a huge amount of time back when you're not responding to all those tags. <laughs> so, Well, I think it becomes a thing around, around creation over con consuming, right? 
Um, mm. If you're creating with value, it makes sense. If you're consuming with um, no value add or no kind of insights or IP thinking, it, it, it sort of detracts from the opportunities of where things can go. And what I've found every time I've done one um, is, you know, I'll, I'll usually do it either for personal stuff or business stuff. Usually for the business stuff will be I'll go off the flipping grid and I'm actually doing shit. And then when it pops back up, um, then, you know, it's like surprise, here's something. And so that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. And then so soon there'll be a surprise, here's something. Um, and that's it. But no, it, it, it's just quite surreal um, seeing it. I probably, one other thing I'd probably say as well, Ryan, is when you're in lockdown and I was always physically detached, I always feel I would miss out for New Zealand because I physically wasn't in the room with energy. But as soon as everyone was on lockdown, I realized that everyone's in a room with internet connection and a laptop. And I have done that for the last 20 years. So I said, wait a second, the liability is now an asset. So I actually flipped my headspace around thinking what could be created um, remotely or virtually to be able to um, either keep up uh, presence or connections or, or starting businesses or doing whatever else as well. So sometimes the perspective of how you see things can change. And one of the things I've realized over time is more often than not, the liability is actually the asset. You could say that around energy, around people, around culture, around whatever. Um, and that's one of the other things that I've noticed. That's pretty deep for 8 a.m. in the morning. The liability is the asset. Uh, so tell us about San Francisco. I'm really keen to get this perspective of what's happening in America. Like, you know, we're in lockdown over here and um, we're chatting off screen before and I said, oh, that's why everyone puts you've gone into lockdown for one case of COVID. How crazy. So give us a, give us a bit of a picture of what San Francisco is doing right now. You know, the United States is great for a lot of things, but one thing the United States is not is united. <laughs> um, what has become pretty clear over the last little while is everyone's in their own little bubble. Every um, every pocket is its own little world, and every you know state is its own little country, and every county is its own little island. Um, and so there's all these kind of different levels. So from day one, there's never been um, never been pro pure alignment from top to bottom because I think probably the clear thing, which you don't need to get look too dig into, is um, science got politicized. So um, what happened was pretty clear. It was your, your anti-vax this or pro this or whatever it may be. Um, and so unfortunately, um, when science gets politicized, um, masses can get hurt. And a lot of people have, been, you know, obviously been hurt either, you know, financially or, or, or with health from it. So, but I mean, in context, this last year and a half has been, uh, uh, pretty nuts because you've gone through obviously lockdown stuff the world stopped like I remember I was watching the basketball game when you know the game stopped and like Mark Cuban was there was holy, holy shit what's going on here I went to the gym the night it all sort of shut down I was looking around and everyone like disappeared and you know then we had fires and we had um, the George Floyd stuff then there's the riots and you know like it got to a spot where, where we live in um, San Francisco it's quite a nice area we had like I had to sleep on the front couch with a gun <laughs> because someone had tweeted that the mobs were going to come where we live because um, they were going to try and, you know, rob and whatever, because we live in a, a, a nice area. And, and I'm lying there on the front couch holding a gun going, what is happening? <laughs> like, what is this shit? Um, and so, so yeah, it's been quite all, surreal. Um, all, yeah. How did you get a gun? You just walked down to the, the oh. corner of the area, or did you have to buy it illegally? Or 
Hey, look, this is America, mate. The, the guns are hiding okay. everywhere. You don't need to look far in America for a gun, I'll tell you that much. And now that I've got okay. two daughters aged four and two and they're cute as shit, I think I'm going to have to get more because in 10 years I'm going to have some issues. Um, but I'm going to put ring cameras all around the house and they'll be able to get in, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, so you kind of go through this, you go through a surreal sort of energy where you get, you know, kind of fear and then you see the vaccine says hope and then there's, tension and strife it's you know i guess in a nutshell it'd be emotional roller coaster overload but at a top line america's like yolo get vaccinated and get on with living basically so uh we were talking about this earlier that um you know there's still a high number of cases um happening but you just go about your life with a mask on basically by the sounds of it well, it changes in different areas. Um, you know, so like if you're in LA at the moment, you don't need to have masks on inside, I don't think. But in our county in San Fran, you do. So as ironically, insanely idiotic as it sounds, the process to go and have breakfast at a restaurant right now is you uh, walk outside without a mask on, you hit the door, you put a mask on, you go to the counter and say, hey, I'd like, you know, table for two. You wear your mask on until you sit down and then you take your mask off and then you just like talk and yell and do whatever you want. And then when you go to the bathroom, then you put your mask on, you walk, you know, 10 feet from the room to the bathroom and then you come back out and then you take your mask off again, you just drink and talk shit, whatever you're going to do. And then uh, when you finish, then you put your mask on, go up to the front counter, take it to the door and you take it off. So that is the current process in the county that I am in. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I can understand both yeah. sides of it, but um, there, you know, uh, different places have different ways of, of dealing with these things. And um, time will be the... Um, the, the true test of who's done it right and wrong. Oh, hey, look, it's not about, um, just for everyone out there especially, it's not about who's doing it right or wrong in this discussion. It's just about um, understanding what it's like in a different country for me because, you know, I hear, oh, let's put it this way, we go into lockdown, I go, oh, whew. my wife's um, hugely compromised health-wise and if she got a whiff of it, she'd be going burgers, so I'm quite happy. And uh, then you don't really think about it, but someone else goes, why are we going to lockdown for only one case? And you're like, because it could turn into 100 today, 200 tomorrow, 1,000 the next day, and me the day after. So I'm quite happy with this. But then when you hear about the States, um, and who was it? Uh, we had a person from English uh, in England on, and she said, oh, yeah, we're, we're averaging 6,125 um, new hospitalizations." So if you think of must be 70,000 cases, 6,000 hospitalizations, said no one cares because of the height of it in the UK, it was far worse. So that, that point about the emotional roller coaster, they've been desensitized and they just don't care. Um, and I'm sort of, we're sitting here going, we've got one case, we're all in lockdown countrywide. So it's some stark differences. And, um, you know, I haven't myself got around the concept of when New Zealand or if New Zealand or when New Zealand goes to the way the states are and the UK are, where we just go about a business like every day with it and the potential that I could come home with it. Um, yeah, I haven't got my head around that. Can't quite get my head around that. So it's... Well, I think there's, there's two levels of conversation, right? The conversation that people are having is around the topic of, hey, this is kind of, you know, this is about stuff, lockdown, this and that. The issue would essentially be two. One would be um, supply chain management from a national side, leveraging its relationships with pharmaceutical companies and um, to get um, asset, you know, 
stock. <laughs> and the second one would be technology, which is how do you um, enable scaled up services of digital products to actually be able to help um, others at scale. So if you look at now, what I've realized, and I've in the past, I've judged a lot um, from afar without seeing in. What I've got to see over time is there's always levels to the shit, right? So we see this, this, this lens. And you go up one level and it's like, cool, I'm now a minister and I've ex got access to this much more data and info. So this is actually what I know. Then you get one, one more above it, one more above it. And what you usually find all the way up the top, top table, as soon as you have an intersection between, you know, people's needs and, and, and profit and currency and products and, and ego and power and national and whatever it may be, um, pretty much 99.9% .9 of the time, what you are hearing on the streets is not what's actually happening. So um, that's why I kind of, uh, you know, been fortunate enough to know smart people that know lots of stuff and I f have empathy for everyone's situation within it. Everyone's intent is obviously right, but you more often than not, the execution on the ground uh, is usually disconnected from um, the, the, the narrative or the optics of what's actually going on. And I guess I'm trying to answer this because I've got homies on both political sides and I know shit. I'm like, okay, how do I say it something but without getting in trouble? So that's, so that's <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, I guess you could liken it to a big business, right? So um, senior management um, probably doesn't have quite the same view as the coalface, um, you know, of the 3,000th worker in the organisation. So, yeah, going up, going up the levels in the change of view makes really good sense. And well, um, also as well, Ryan, on that, what, what I was saying, and I, I say that because, you know, everyone's been reactionary because the case got in. Well, in the States, that because everyone's obviously not vaccinated to, to, to herd mentality or whatever it is, immunity, sorry. In the States, they're throwing away vaccines because they're not getting used because there's millions and millions again things. So from a supply chain issue, let's just hypothetically rewind back six months and there was, um, you know, 10 million that just dropped up at the doorstep. And if we had 80% um, herd immunity through it, um, I think the potential strategy uh, of what the nation might be doing would potentially be different. Um, and what I can say is, you know, access to certain stuff becomes from relationships with um, people in power or private companies or public companies, whatever it may be. Um, I just think that the conversations in New Zealand be a lot different if supply chain had either more leverage, more access to stock, and uh, whether it be a pricing thing or a leverage thing or whatever it may be. Um, but that, once again, these levels to the shit, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, just go up, zoom out a bit, zoom out a bit. And I think when you zoom all the way and then get to see, um, yeah, that's one. But at a macro, what I would say, Ryan, is the narrative around New Zealand as a brand uh, has definitely changed over the last couple of months being here in the States. Um, seeing it, uh, you know, there's kind of been a lot more, I guess not, there's a lot more questioning of um, strategy um, based on what's been happening. But, you know, you rewind back, put yourself in New Zealand shoes. If you don't have enough vaccinations and it's going to get in, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to spread and then eventually people are going to die, right? So um, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one to navigate, which is why I am bloody lucky that I'm not in politics, my friend. Yes, it's going to be one of the tougher jobs um, of our lifetime, I think, to be managing COVID from a government point of view. So, um, been seeing you playing a little bit of golf. How's the handicap, mate? I'm getting flipping good, dude. Like I'm playing so much golf because I haven't done. I haven't done, and I, I say this really proudly because I usually shoot like, you know, like 110 or 100 or whatever. Like I'm shit, but I've 
I haven't been able to like I haven't seen any of my homies in like a year and a half. I haven't like traveled or done anything. I've done shit. So I've been golfing heaps and I proudly I still cheat like quite a bit, but my I cheat consistently so my score is relative to my cheating. So <laughs> so um, but I'm doing way better. And I, so as soon as I can, um, yeah, travel and do more, but yeah, no, golf's been good. And that's why I kind of multitask. I'll go golf by myself, like at, 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 in the afternoon. I'll be on course in New Zealand doing other um, work stuff and whatever. But golf is going bloody great. And I'm hyped. And I cheated, but I still, I brought, I hit, I got an 80 and a 79, which is like really good for me. But I still kind of yes. cheated, so it doesn't fully count. Yeah. Is that, is but, that, is that for, the, so, for the for 18 or is that just for the first nine? <laughs> well, it used to be for the first night, but now, now, now it's the full eighteen. I'm, I'm, I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm getting the apps. I'm going to doing swing trainings. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. I've, you know, but um, now it's, it's good. And so, yeah. No, so, so you're going to add yeah, pro golf to the, um, to the list? No, dude. I've been on just, you know, since I did my exits a couple of years ago. I haven't done anything in three years. I've been kind of present dad life, you know. So just first daughter just turned four. Second daughter is two, and I've been. Um, probably ridiculously more present than most, and I think that's probably one of the coolest things. So that's what I've been doing for the last the last couple of years. You know, everyone thinks yes, I'm busy and I do other stuff as well. well like that doesn't really count, I don't think, because it's not really like stuff. I don't know. It's I'm keeping it's I don't know. Maybe I just downplay it, but yeah, I'm not. I'm up to piss on, mate. I'm being dead. It's been really cool, actually. Yeah, girl, dead. Nice one. So. Um... If you're able to travel, have you been around different parts out of San Fran? Have you have you crossed into the border of I don't know where's next? Been to Vegas? How's yeah. Vegas? Happy. I did go to Vegas. Yeah, Vegas was weird. I um I had personal. I uh, kind of freaked out. Um, just being around people again. I hadn't sat next to anyone in over a year and a half, and I sat on a plane, and I were kind of got not claustrophobic, but you sort of miss people and strangers and it was fair and yeah, that was kind of funky. Um, but yeah, they just don't really care. So yeah, been, been down there, which was cool. Um, and yeah, it's been about it. So, but not too much travel, like logistically wise, I've probably done, you know, I'd be on the, on planes every sort of, you know, often and I haven't done any of it. And I miss traveling, but at the same time I'm enjoying the consistency of being present, which I think is also awesome as well. So it's been a, a blessing on that side. Yeah, no, you made an analogy um, at the beginning and it didn't, didn't quite mention or be a reference to being present, but it uh, made me think about uh, being present. Um, but uh, the, coming back to your point around the you know, first time you had people sitting around you and it was, you know, like uh, a bit different. And you mentioned a year and a half. So was the States in lockdown for a year and a half or were you personally yeah, we choosing for a year and a half? Yeah, well, we, I think it was, was it February or March. I'm not sure when it, the, the exact date. Um, it just went into shutdown. So, you know, we didn't, um, it didn't open back up till, you know, only a couple, kind of couple months ago, really. Um, but basically, it was everything like shut, like gym closed, everything closed. The train stopped working. No one was in the city. I went once to the city in, I think it was maybe August, and it was a ghost town. It was just like so hundreds of people really sort of did. taken over. There was nothing. It was surreal, dude. Surreal. No one. No humans around. What, what, what's um, that Will Smith movie? Um, I Am Legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, as soon as I saw your video, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, far out. That is weird. I mean, yeah. when, when it first happened, I think it was March. Was it March 24th or 25th? 
lockdown started here in New Zealand 2020. And, um, you know, I was saying, I was saying, people were quite surprised when I said, you know, was this going to be like a zombie apocalypse? Are we going to have people climbing over fences trying to break in to raid my fridge or sleep in the sleep in the house? Like, how bad is this going to get? And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, there's no work and there's no money and there's no money going through and no one's got any your money to buy food or pay their rent. Do they get kicked out? Are they, you know, what happens? Yeah. Um, but thankfully, we're this far down the track and none of that type of stuff has happened. But, um, yeah, that, that video certainly made me feel like it uh, could. Um, so you talked about the um, homeless sort of taking over when the place is in lockdown. Um, any crazy stories? You know, do they have squatters' rights in the U.S.? I'm not, sh- not sure, but it got definitely sketchy, like, because then people were starting to roll. Like, the one time I did catch, went to the city in August, um, yeah, the last train back was at, like, 9.30 or something at night, um, and I went to catch, get, or maybe it was 7.30 or 9.30 or 7.30, either way, um, went on, and, yeah, like, basically crew just crew just going around and robbing people, you know, um, at knife point and stuff and gunpoint in the, um, in the trains, and the train I was on, three dudes rolled up one dude sat on the back side of me one dude sat at the front door and one guy was on walkout and i was like here we go and so literally it's a whole setup and they're about to roll me because they could see my camera bag so i like carry a knife on me and stuff and so as you do and i um i just like lean forward eyeballed him and I, i'd pray you know the thing is if they got guns your stuff but if they got knives you know and you you know i'm six you know six two six three way over 100 i'm you know i can get active um but i'm sitting there thinking like dude Imagine if this is how like you die, like just getting shanked in some flipping train trying to go home from three dudes about to roll you for your like your, your Panasonic GH5 or whatever. And then uh, basically I I just kept eyeballing the one dude and I leant forward and I put, had my hand in my, my jacket. So it made it look like I had a gun, but I had a knife. And then um, they just kept, he kept looking and looking. I just kept looking straight, but he could, I could, I was eyeballing him so he could see that I was looking at him and he was the guy that was going to make the call for the other two to go. And then it was just going to be three on one, but lucky enough, like nothing happened. I rolled and I was like, stuff that shit. And I came home and I, t- I told wifey, I'm like, this is stuffed. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I don't want to flip. You know, I got two young daughters at home. I don't want to get stabbed in a flipping train cart. Like, Oh geez. But um, yeah, it's just sketchy, mate. that stuff, stuff that, and I've been in, you know, I've been in enough sketchy situations in my life, but you know, I think perspective change, you get some kids in the mix and you're like, dude, I, you know, dad's got to get home and put them to bed and get your eight ounce bottle of milk sort of not flipping, being in a hospital because you got shanked for some trying to jack your, your cell phone, like stuff that. No, absolutely. I, mean, I got, um, I just got my first cell phone in the UK in 1999. We had a, um, I was running a bar and we had a um, after party. And I think it was probably daylight the next morning because tubes are running the next morning. They start at six. And I was so wasted. Um, and these two guys got me in the one stretch of the corridor that has no camera. And I just went, don't touch me. Cell phone, tips, there's cash in that pocket. Yep. So, and they just went, boof, boof, and took, I don't know, probably about six, seven hundred pounds worth of tips and cash and a brand new cell phone. And then I slid over. <laughs> uh, but I, if I'd been sober, I might have tried to fight. Um, but you know, I was that drunk. I was just like, no, nah, take no. it, take it. No, nah. yeah, life's too short. What's wrong with that? Don't want to die in the subway. Fucking no, that would be um, especially especially not with Fano. So, what's what's next? What's on the horizon with um, COVID in America, uh, San Francisco? You know, is there 
stuff happening in the news that sort of gives a bit of a feel for um, where they're going next. Um, or, or perhaps even, well, we probably want to stay away from the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Um, but I imagine there's, you know, a lot of support for the service people. Like the mm. service person walks into a cafe, everyone jumps up to buy them a coffee type thing. Yeah, that's always been kind of America in a nutshell, you know. And you know, my wife's been a nurse, my brother-in-law's a firefighter, his his partner's a cop, and you know, my sister's been in the air force for twenty years and 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 army now. So I definitely get that. Um, the states, in a nutshell, it's it's still just so fragmented um, in terms of the energy. If you look at the pockets of who's getting hospitalised where, and if you put an overlap of um, political views, there's usually some direct correlation um some other spots is you know kind of free you know freedom or the rest of it but it always becomes that tension of um health and safety for yourself and for others and that usually comes with tension around freedom and the right to expression and the right of your own body and all the rest of it so um yeah once again i think uh, unfortunately you know science got politicized and there's been lots of casualties for it which sucks um but at the same time i, I mean but the, the, i don't uh, actively look at the news here the, the mainstream stuff and all that as well if it's i my kind of opinion on news is if it's important it will get to me you know um if it's important it'll get to me um regardless what it is so right now i'm more concerned about the fires in south lake tahoe because my bro just got evacuated out and i've been there for 20 years and um you know these massive fires going on and my brother-in-law's probably have to go up and fight a fire up there like this is like at the ski field they've got it going on so you know that's from that side and then from from my side i'm kind of just um you know, as soon as it makes logistical sense to be able to travel, like I haven't been able to get um, get home to New Zealand, I haven't been able to see anyone, and you know, it's been kind of a bit of a trippy thing. I had like five trips; they were like kind of booked and cancelled, and you know, I was supposed to come over right before it, and and then I would have landed at five a.m., but at one a.m. they put the two week lockdown, and I was like, "Stuff that! I'm not going to do that." So I waited, and then we came into lockdown and back and forth, and then um, uh, I was supposed to be over again in January um, uh, for this TV show thing, and uh, my visa didn't think come through with the green card so i couldn't travel and so that was a bummer because that would have been epic um and then yes it's been surreal um i i I don't even know if i'm allowed to yeah stuff i'll tell you um yeah stuff i'll tell you Uh, i was uh i'd signed on to be the ceo of the apprentice (laughs) and i was and then i couldn't get over because my visa thing didn't come through and they they replaced me with mike pero um and it's cool because he's Maori from Aranui, so I'm hot and and I'm gonna you know I'm working with probably working with him on this, this other next thing and I, it was all good because he's he's one of the bros. But um, my whole thing was gonna flip the whole shit upside down. It was coming, you know, it was gonna be about like empowering startups, make it a hundred thousand price purse, chuck them into you know um, incubator and just like wrap a whole relay of support to help build them up and kind of change the narrative around startups and entrepreneurs and small businesses in New Zealand. And I was going to launch a fund at the back of it, do seed investment and angel rounds for a whole bunch of new startups. And then I was going to chuck them all into a flipping big uh, massive sort of shared space and create a YouTube show off the back of it with cycle loops into itself and then try and grow New Zealand businesses to make a better vet New Zealand through better business. But it never happened because um, I couldn't travel. I even got to mm-hmm. actually wait, if you wait there one sec, I even got, Hey, wait there one sec. I'll show you what I was going there. Here we go. Waiting one sec. Okay. So this was I, I, no shit. This is what I had bought and was going to wear in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I and and they wanted me to wear a suit jacket and shit. And I was like, all right, well, this is how I'm rolling. 
and I was just going to roll straight up and then, and then just like flip it. And so, <laughs> and I was just going to go so rogue. Like I had already told, like only a few people knew, I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you, but stuff that I'll tell you, I was going to come in so hot, dude. Like I'm the thing I was going to like literally walk in, flip and, like, flip and smash it and just like, just make an absolute debauchery of the whole thing and make it epic. Um, and then uh, when it, my green card thing wasn't coming through because Trump was in, I um and the I this is even the most ironic bit. Trump had kind of handbrake all the immigration stuff. My green card stamp to be able to travel was controlled by Trump, who ironically was blocking me from basically getting back to New Zealand for it to then film the show, which probably gives him royalties back in some way. So I was actually he was screwing himself by not helping me. <laughs> How Mate, wild! It's so good though. I mean, like, having the the whole package around the back of it. What are you talking about? Um, Mate, yeah, they they, they would have been. Because New Zealand needs something. They need a... So that was my play, Ryan. That was my whole thing. I'd gone like stealth mode, drop this, flipping, help change the narrative, shift it to the front, help lift entrepreneurships and startups, you know, have a big um, big fun at the back of it, consolidate with a bunch of different other either LPs or VCs and, you know, PE crew and potentially EWI money, collectivize it all up and then roll it that way. It's like, I'd be the butt of the joke and just steamroll it as like just the flipping goofball chief entertainment officer. But it's not about, it wouldn't be about me. It's about like, how would you then help be like, holy shit, like you wear your t-shirt and start a business. Oh man, you can do, you know, this and that. And so that was, um, that was my play for last year. That was, did not eventuate, but uh, I don't know if I broke it first. Don't know if I've, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for telling you that, but I kind of don't really give a shit. So I'll just, I've just told you and here it is. And this is the hat. And I was going to just roll up with this. <laughs> I wanted to flip well, the whole thing. The, and it would have been epic. all the red hat coming out the corner of the screen. I thought it was going to say, going to make New Zealand great again. Um, no. as in a pistol, I was like, same, same, same. Yeah, man. You're hired. But yeah, flipping it from um, being, you know, the way Trump was with being so, um, sort of brutal and it's harsh to being supportive. So I was talking to JT. Um, I think it was about the final. And I was like, "Mate, what? How did those? How did you get a sixty-seven page bloody uh, file from one person and all these problems?" And he's like, "Yeah, we weren't allowed to coach them. We were. That's part of the thing. We're not allowed to coach them. We're allowed to um, comment and report back to the CEO, but we're not allowed to coach the people." I was like, "Ah." Oh, that would have been so cool if you were coaching the people because that's the whole point. Make them successful. So do you, and the best part of that was JT and Cassie were my advisors. They were my homies and we we're going to roll it. I've only got one. I, I only saw one episode, which was like a pilot one, but then my um, VPN thing blocked out TVNZ service. So I haven't seen any of it. But I talked to Mike and he said it like people were pumped on it and some people were like, this is cool, this is rad, this is shit, whatever it was. But I, I had one, I thought the best feedback I got about it was a friend of mine's uh, big governance does a whole bunch of public stuff. She would watch the show with her 13-year-old and the 13-year-old would get hyped because she could see what business could look like and that never existed before. So I got hyped seeing that the impact of a vehicle can potentially part breadcrumbs of positivity around either business or, or growth or entrepreneurship and startups or small business or whatever it may be and ideas and execution that never would have existed before. So for me, I was like, that's, that's the why now the vehicle of the con is just the conduit. So it's like, whatever, but um, yeah, in a nutshell, I was about to just steamroll a TV show, Ryan, and just make it cause a ruckus. It was going to be <laughs> sick. <laughs>
And then I got really, no, this honestly, right? And then I got really down. I got really like kind of, I got genuinely sort of, I don't get bummed often. I got bummed because I was like, this could have been a thing. And then like the UK version had like gone from like sugar or something, had gone to like season 15. So I was like 35. I'm like, dude. I'll roll 35, 15 years of this shit. That's that's like my middle. I'm um, that's like 35, 50 done. Run a fund at the back of it. 50 different investments. Have a portfolio. You're off. You're off to the races. You know. Thanks for coming. Fun as shit to do. But you know, who knows what happened? But I'm stoked. Mike, Mike did it, and it was cool because he's you know he's a Maori from Aranui, so I was hyped. It's like shit, yeah. And then um, yeah. So anyway, that was it. So uh, there you go. You're breaking exclusives here, Ryan. Just for you, right? Just for you. There we go. Well, we had Neil Walker on yesterday, and I um, put up a post uh, introducing him with breaking news for having Neil Walker. But here we go, breaking news. Um, so, what are we, what are we going to call you then, if you were going to be? We um, call you Trump. <laughs> no, call you the entertainment officer. Yeah, chief oh, entertainment chief officer. officer. Right, <laughs> chief entertainment officer. But, uh, so that was my wave from last year, and then now I'm working on uh, working on the next one. So that's part of the reason I've been off the grid too. So. Um, you'll see it in time, my friend, which will be cool. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a great place to leave it. Leave it on a high because we're just heading out 8.30, giving everyone half an hour of uh, fun and joy from San Francisco. So just give you a moment to think of your closing remarks for everyone watching, especially New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that, Ryan? Sorry. i got priorities over here. <laughs> uh, I think you just made advice, your closing you want some remarks. Advice, uh, hey. No, in, in all seriousness, I'll, I'll get serious for a second. Um, what I don't want to have happen with New Zealand is to miss a massive big commercial swing at bat for the potential global commercial opportunities which we could be doing by bringing either the right the right talent or, or different business and stuff. The way I kind of look at it is, you know, the world went on pause for a year and New Zealand could move. And I, I'm not sure if we truly capitalized the commercial opportunities globally that we could have done as a commercial magnet for others that needed to potentially set up different shops here to get moving or whatever. So from a, regardless pol political, anything like stuff, all that shit, like that's not my, not my lane. I care about, you know, like home of New Zealand and Aotearoa and, and businesses being better and all the rest of it. And I just don't want regret to be in the rearview mirror when we look back at this around what could have been done and i think we you know from a year ago when we did it it's like it's time to reset and reimagine and re-engineer and re-flip and everything it's like yeah great job johnny but what have you actually executed in the last year it's like i i think that there is some bigger things at a macro level which we could be doing to try and entice more to a country which can do so much and it i think it will potentially build future resentment against ourselves as a nation for not being brave enough soon enough to try these things, you know, cause there's, there's levels to this shit, right? The same thing, like you're in this bubble and it's there, it's not the suburb of that. It's not the island for that. It's, it's New Zealand to the world. And um, you know, when you get to the perspective of being able to travel a lot and see a lot and, and talk to lots of smart people and, you know, like you'll know, be able to message, you know, prime ministers and whatever it may be. Um, I don't want that to be a lost opportunity. And I think, you know, about a year and a bit ago, you know, when I was doing, um, and I interviewed Rob Fife talking about it, I was talking about, you know, before COVID, after COVID, like BC, AC. And he goes, it's actually the bit in the middle, which is during COVID, because we don't know how long this middle bit's going to be. And I was like, you're right. I'd thought of it like black and white before, after, but this during bit, it's been 18 months or 16 months, whatever it is, right? We don't know this during. So I think the question to ask yourself would be, okay, 
if the economy is potentially going to be a stop go traffic light, if there's going to be unknown and whatever, it's like, how do you reset the headspace of what you can create and how you operate for a consistent period of time when you might be in a traffic, uh, you know, a, a stoplight economy like that, um, culturally, commercially, you know, safe for community, whatever it may be as well. So um, that would be my take on on it from afar. And, you know, obviously I don't know the nuances there because I, I, I haven't been on the ground in, in a minute, but the energy I can feel, I check in and that's, that's where my gut takes me. You know, I think you'd have a, a lot of people agree with you and I'm, I'm one of them. You know, we had things like Microsoft announced opening up a data center. I mean, as soon as it happened and it got announced, it went quiet. And of course, Kiwis went, oh, it's just Infotil. Infotil run all those for Microsoft. And I was like, don't talk that way. Just be up on the fact that Microsoft's opening a data center in New Zealand. Now that you get Google, AWS, I don't know, maybe even Facebook, Google's now employing people from New Zealand. Yay! But stealing all our talent that can't be employed by New Zealand. See, I think we've missed out huge opportunity, especially by not having some sort of tech visa, whether you call it that um, or not. But the other hey, thing just look is at the export. Look at tech. I think tech's now the second biggest export for New Zealand. But I saw something like Graham and the NZ Tech crew came out with a thing like trying to do more for it. Like, look at the look at the data. Say if you look at you know tourism or, f or food, fishery, farmistry, and whatever. It's it's one to one unscalable. There's a limited amount. Tech is weightless. Tech is a global, um, and obviously, totally conflict of interest because used to be on the tech board, built tech companies, love tech, live tech. But from a uh, financial scalable point, if uh, physically stuff can't get out or can't get in, but something can that is weightless that can scale to a lot, lot more. Um, I, I just, you know, I really wish that New Zealand that that that, um, that New Zealand CTO type, you know, little mini Avengers squad or something would have would have happened and be, been brave enough to put through a while ago because I think New Zealand would have approached COVID differently if we had someone at the top table really driving home tech um, yeah. to the world because you know money doesn't you know follow the numbers and we're the second biggest export at the moment and I think it's going to get bigger and bigger so. People can say I'm wrong, whatever. It's my opinion, um, but also the data doesn't lie, and there's more upside for something that's you know globally weightless and scalable than you know one more fish. You know, like well, it's, it's about as obvious as the sky being blue. You know, tech exports should have been our big focus. But you remember, or you may not remember, uh, may not know, but when the first budget came out um, in COVID, um, uh, there was not one piece dedicated to tech. Four billion dedicated to shovel-ready products. We're going to sink it in the ground or build bridges, um, but not one part was dedicated to tech. There was a little bit tucked in some training budget somewhere, but nothing dedicated to tech. As in, you know, tech is the weightless export. Let's get uh, learn to earn going. Let's get heaps of Kiwis that are doing nothing now because they can't do hospitality. Let's flip them over uh, into tech, and there will be okay, people that don't want to because it's not their thing. They're never going to get the thing they get, but there'll be a whole lot of people that'll be like. I never thought about that. That's pretty cool. I like it. And there we would have had this army of people building up that would have been gaining experience and have a year's experience now. They would have been out of their three months training wheels, um, BAs, PMs, product managers, you name it, a bunch of coders. And yeah, we could have been building quite a um, outsource army, um, but we're not quite. Well, anyone well, sitting I think here going, the answer we should have, we should have. We should have. Yeah, the, the reality to that, if I was the government or anyone else, is probably just thinking, it would have been done if there were vehicles truly trusted to be able to do it on their behalf that could be de-risked enough that people wouldn't give enough kickback from, right? If I think there is awareness for the need. There is acknowledgement for the need. 
But at the end of the day, maybe they just don't trust the right, the current vehicles, whether that be people or organizations or whatever it may be. I mean, there's no other reason, right? Because if, if you look at the data, it's not emotive. It's clearly on the up, but they don't know who to partner with. So obviously a potential trust issue. So once again, it's potentially um, people. But if there are the right people and they're not being done, then clearly um, there's a bunch of kooky shit going on. But look, I uh, appreciate your time doing this, Ryan. It's cool. And hopefully I um, have added a little bit of insights. You got an exclusive, which is cool. There you go. go Absolutely, mate. Go on, excuse me. You're hired. You're hired. You're so hired right now. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate you, it. mate. Well, look, we'll you get back to the whanau. Um, hope you're having a, a brilliant and safe time over there. And thank you so much for popping in on Talanoa Live, sharing perspective of what's happening in San Fran and the States. And uh, in short, uh, the messages, people just rolling with it. And depending on what state you're in or where you are, um, it's a matter of uh, doing what they do there and not what you do on the other side of the border. But thank you very much. And, of course, uh, amazing Looking forward to uh, season two and of the um, the Apprentice. We call the Apprentice. I don't know if it's a, no. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But like Mike did, sweet, whatever. But if they want to, you know, cause a flipping ruckus, then I, I still probably don't even work because I can't even get back home because the MIQ thing's all stuffed up with the tech. But that's a different another, another day. Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. You have a good day. Thanks so much for being on. Ciao, G. Later, bro. Cheers. Peace.